Hello and welcome to My Biggest Lesson, the show that brings you the key learnings from the most influential founders, executives, and investors in the Colorado tech community. My name is Adam Burrows. And I'm Chris Erickson. Together, we are the co-founders of Range Ventures. An early stage venture firm based in Denver. You can find out more about what we're up to at range.vc. Our guest this week is Allison Lowry. Allison is one of the top marketing execs in Denver Tech, having the unique distinction of helping take two companies public as CMO, first Home Advisor Angie in 2017, and most recently Vacasa. I got to work with Allison for over eight years, and I'm really, really excited that she gets to share her biggest lesson with all of us today. Thanks for joining us today. Thanks so much for having me. Cool. I'd love to hear a little bit about you know what you're up to and, and your history here in Denver Tech. You've been here for over 10 years, so we have a bunch of great stories. That's right. Yeah. I can't believe I've been here for over a decade. I got here in 2010. I actually moved out here for a job with a company that at the time was called Service Magic. You may be familiar with it, Adam. A little bit, just a little bit. <laughs> <laughs> um, had a 10-year run at that company and have moved on most recently to a new role at Vacasa. Awesome. So tell us a little bit about um, Vacasa and what you're doing there. Yeah, so I'm the, I'm the chief marketing officer at Vacasa. You know, Vacasa is the leading vacation rental management platform for North America. And we are a company that is at the intersection of tech and hospitality. And we're trying to transform the experience of both staying in and owning a vacation rental property. And we do that through, you know, a combination of tech, but we're also out there cleaning toilets and doing all the, the dirty work. Hopefully you're not the one doing doing that or some of it at least, right? Just to understand what's really going on on the ground. <laughs> it's, you know, it's not my everyday job, but, um, but I've been out there in market and, you know, it's, it's really important for, for every employee to, to understand exactly what we do and, and how the business is made. And it was announced recently that uh, Vacasa is going to go public via SPAC and you were at HomeAdvisor, Angie, when it, when it went public. What do you think about working at a public company, you know, before and after, what's that experience like? So that's a great question. I mean, I have to say, like, my life changed completely once Home Advisor and Angie's List went public, meaning there's just different expectations and there's a level of intensity of work that happens when you go public. But it's also really exhilarating. So I am looking forward to that with Vacasa. Um, there's a lot of corollaries right now between the Vacasa business and the stage that it's at with, you know, where we were, you know, at, at Home Advisor and Angie's List. So Allison, before we jump into your, your biggest lesson, uh, we always love to get a perspective, especially from someone who's been in the Denver ecosystem for over a decade. You know, if you jump back to when you first got here and look at now, how has the, the tech ecosystem here evolved over the past decade? And what are the biggest changes you've seen? Yeah, so I think, you know, I think that there are just so many more success stories of all different sizes in Denver. And so Denver brings this really, or Denver has this really interesting ecosystem of, you know, some very large publicly traded companies to some that are on their way to that, to others that are just much smaller stage and very focused for the moment. So, you know, I've sort of been on the side of it where I've been on the larger 
larger company end of the spectrum. My husband, for example, works for a startup. And, you know, I think that what there is to love about Denver is that there's just such a variety and that you can move between those types of companies, which I think is harder to do in other markets. I think one of the really interesting things, Allison, and gratifying for me at least, is to see people moving from somewhere that became a success like Home Advisor to see you go to Vacasa, to see others go to startups and other companies. And it's fun to see the market evolve in that in that way. It is. And, and you know what's interesting too? I mean, I'm sure that you've covered COVID at length and its impact on the Denver market. But what I think is cool is that because companies now are so much more open to remote work, we're, we're retaining a lot of talent in the Denver market, but also getting a lot of people who can move here and still work for either Denver-based companies or companies that are based elsewhere. And, and that's a trend we see happening, you know, two or three times a week, you know, I'm catching up with someone who I, I knew from the coast who's either moved here in the process of moving here or being like, hey, Chris, how's your move? Right. And we're just, it's amazing the talent we're getting in this ecosystem now. Uh, it's really exciting to see. So now sh- shifting gears a bit for why we're here, we would love to hear what your biggest lesson is that you've learned and, and how you learned it. Great. So, you know, I've been thinking a lot about this and I couldn't come up with like a moniker for it, which was troubling to me because I'm a lifelong marketer. Um, and so the temptation is there, but, you know, it, it clicked with me yesterday as I was at my daughter's lacrosse game and my lesson not to bury the lead is, is really all about playing outside of your position to tie it back to why I came up with it yesterday at my daughter's lacrosse game is that, you know, we, we have a really small lacrosse team. We struggle to get a lot of girls out on the field this season for one reason or another. And so every kid has to play a lot of different positions And so, you know, she's there begging me to, you know, play midfield. And I said, look, you need to play defense because that's where you're needed today. And at that moment, it sort of crystallized everything that I've been thinking about and trying to encapsulate about what's been a valuable lesson in my career, because there have been so many times where I've had to play out of my position, either because that's where the company needed me that's where there was a problem that needed to be solved, or that was a path for me that would, you know, ultimately create a shortcut to something better. That lesson sounds really interesting. Allison, can, can you think of an example or two when you sort of first realized that in your career? What was the, the first time you stepped out of your position? Yeah, so I'll kind of caveat this with what it means to me is, you know, to play out of my position means go where I can have the biggest impact. It might not be a straight line or an obvious path. It oftentimes involves taking a huge risk. It's scary. It's uncomfortable. Might seem like a detour, might end up being a shortcut, but there are no guarantees. But the positives being that, you know, I can create more value by playing out of position. I have a bigger impact, um, you know, learn something new and open up myself to new and different opportunities. And so, you know, as I think about where that's been particularly relevant in my career, one of the first examples has been my experience at Home Advisor. So 11 years ago, I moved to Denver. I came in as the digital marketing lead, and I ultimately left that company as CMO. But you know, back to kind of the early days, about a year into my tenure there, the company was going through a major turnaround. We were rebranding. We were changing the business model. 
And in order to execute on that, we needed a lot more than just digital marketing. And so I stepped in and I volunteered to do things that weren't totally in my wheelhouse. I started running customer research. I launched you know, a whole new brand media campaign. And these were areas where I could stretch myself, learn something new, but also create value for the company in a way that I would not have been able to if I had just sort of stayed in my lane or stayed in my position. Um, and I think that there, there are two other examples as I think about and reflect on my career, one being you know, becoming an executive officer at a company carries a lot of responsibility outside of your specific domain. So, you know, what I found is that I had to take a much broader view of my role in terms of, you know, things that don't always have, you know, a, a single person to carry the torch, you know, building culture, developing strategy, uh, policies and other, you know, major decisions like that. Um, and then the other is just, you know, as I have started to take on board positions, you know, being a board member really carries a similar level of expectation. You have to have a broader perspective. You, you know, are brought on to a board oftentimes because you have domain expertise, but uh, rarely are you limited or expected to limit your perspective and, um, and contribution to just that domain expertise. Allison, I think this is a great lesson and something we talk to a lot of folks who are saying, hey, I, I think I want to go work at a startup or looking for career advice. And I think that's one of the great things about joining a fast growing company. I mean, Home Advisor wasn't a startup, but it was still in a you know quasi startup dynamic because it was a turnaround and really a rebrand. And so mm-hmm. there were those opportunities to kind of step into the void and in some chaotic situations to really you know expand, expand your skill set. I certainly found it that way as well. And that's something that I think is a great opportunity for folks at, at a startup. Are you seeing the same dynamic at at Vacasa right now? Yeah, so so Vacasa is interesting. Um, you know, I'm the first ever CMO at Vacasa. In fact, Vacasa's never had a unified marketing team, and so the reason I was hired was to come on and unify the marketing team to create, um, you know, the to stand up the critical functions within marketing to recruit the right talent to build a culture and an identity within the company associated with marketing. And so to me, that feels much more kind of on the startup end of things within a broader company, of course, that's you know about to become public. But I'm, I'm really enjoying that. And I was thinking a lot about how this lesson about playing out of position has to be particularly relevant for people in startups. I mean, if you're at a company with sub 20 employees, you have to wear a lot of hats just by definition. And in order to get an immense amount of work done and in order to hit really ambitious targets, like you can't just stay in your lane. So Allison, on the the playing out of your position, um, you know, a lot of positive rewards can come from it from it going well, right? As, as you talked about. But I imagine that there's also some really challenging moments too, when you first, you know, make that stretch. Any tips for folks that are listening in terms of how to deal with, uh, you know, that stretch or with the new position or the ambiguity that comes with taking on something completely new? Yes, you are 100% right. It, you know, comes with a lot of risk and a lot of challenge. I was in a position in kind of, this was over a decade ago when I was at cars.com where 
one of the big challenges that the company was having was around yield management of our advertising programs. And I was there doing product marketing. I was definitely not somebody who had any history or experience with yield management, but I wanted to solve the problem because it was a it was a, it was an opportunity to create some value for the company. And so I took on the challenge. I brought on a consultant. Um, but more important than that, you know, I did a lot of networking to make sure I understood what I was getting into. I mean, like, don't get me wrong. Yes, playing out of your position can be really important and valuable, but domain expertise is also really, really valuable. And so I talked to people both within my company and outside of the company who had done things like this before and just tried to do a lot of research and tap into people who do know exactly what they're talking about and had successfully led this type of change management within their companies. Any thoughts for people on how to reach out and find those people? Because I often find that sometimes people just like stop too early and they're like, oh, I don't know if someone would talk to me or I'm afraid to reach out or I don't know how to ask for help in doing this. And I think to your point, getting that domain expertise can put you so much more quickly down that learning curve. So how can folks effectively do that and find mentors and guidance in the way it seems like you really effectively did? Well, you have to ask and you have to be willing to ask, right? And and you're totally right that a lot of people just stop short there um, because, yeah, you feel particularly vulnerable and you know, you're essentially admitting, like, I don't know everything that I need to do to know to do this successfully. Um, I also find that a lot of people sort of stubbornly think that they can, like, muddle their way through it. And that's probably not great for anyone. Um, and so, you know, the most important thing is to ask, but to dig deep on, okay, you know, Experts know experts. So find somebody who has done this before. Find somebody who knows somebody who's done this before and spend the time really asking the hard questions. And in particular, ask them about their failures. So what what are the things that have gone wrong? Because if you're somebody who is playing out of position and one of your biggest blind spots is that you don't know what could go wrong. Right? You might have a vision for what success looks like, but you don't know all the pitfalls along the way. And so I would absolutely spend time talking to those who you know, have all the scars from doing this in the past and, and can be some of the best guides. Allison, when you think about hiring uh, new people on your team uh, or, or mentoring um, younger, younger employees, is this an element that you talk to them about? Is this something you look for when you're hiring as somebody who is going to be willing to stretch? Or do you actually say for certain roles, hey, I want somebody who maybe is just a domain expert and, and is going to kind of stay in their lane. How do you think about that in building your team? Yeah. So I would say 80% of the time I'm looking for people who can stretch. Like I'm interviewing you based on whether you're capable of doing this job right now. But I also am in the back of my head thinking about, okay, but can you do this? Can you do, you know, this job two and, you know, two jobs into the future? Or could you shift 30 degrees and do something slightly different? Like, can I count on you to be flexible and to have the raw materials to be able to figure out the next challenge? But you're totally right. I mean, some jobs you just need it to be done and you need somebody with very, very deep 
domain expertise. And so you hire for that. And that would be the 20%. But for you know the people that I'm hiring, which tend to be kind of the director VP levels in my company, I am specifically looking for those who can think broadly about their role, because what that does is it sort of frees them from the confines of a specific job description, but it's also an attitude, which is, you know, hey, I'm willing to go do this other thing because it's where I'm needed. Yeah, you really, you want somebody who is a, I'll do whatever it takes, right? I put the team above above my own interests and um, usually it ends up working out for them personally as well. If you've got that. Totally. It does. It does. Yeah. I mean, those people tend to be the beneficiaries of more senior positions, better leadership, you know, all the things. So Allison, so you're in the CMO role again, it's sort of a similar transition inflection point for Vacasa as you were at Home Advisor. How are you stretching yourself today though, now that you're, you're in a similar role? Where are you pushing yourself? Yeah. So, okay. So immediately, and now I've been with the company for about six months and in the early days, you know, I was stretching myself by having to sort of play deep into roles where, you know, in the longer term future, I don't intend to because, you know, probably don't want me putting together, uh, you know, specific media plans and and executing them. Or cleaning toilets, right? <laughs> or cleaning toilets. That's right. So, but, you know, it's a really critical thing to do to to learn the business. And so I am stretching right now to understand a new category. I mean, I spent the first 10 years of my career in automotive. I spent the second 10 years in home services. This is now a totally different category that I'm in, which is intersection of tech and hospitality. So I have a lot to learn. And I I realize that, you know, this takes a lot of humility to admit like, okay, I, I haven't done a lot of these specific category things before, but I've done all the marketing things before. So I am stretching myself in a different way than I have historically. And this was an opportunity also to build a team and build a lot of functions from scratch. And so in order to hire really good people, I needed to have a vision for what we have to accomplish and what we need to do. But I also had to hire people who can go execute on that and have their own vision for for how to fulfill it. Awesome. Well, thank you, Allison. Uh, one one question is because it's been such a tough hiring market for everyone. I'm I'm curious as you do build that team and as you're ramping up, how have you thought about hiring in Denver versus hiring remotely? I know some of Vacasa's executive team is is remote. Yes. So I have a luxury now because our company is, you know, we have multiple headquarters, but by definition, we're a travel business and we operate in 30 plus markets within the U.S. Canada, Mexico, Belize, and Costa Rica. So I can pretty much hire wherever the talent is. Um, I have hired people in Portland, in Austin, Texas. It is a luxury right now to be able to do that. I also think Denver has an immense amount of really strong talent. And, you know, I do hope and think that there will be a day where we can all be back in person working together and I'd love to have that opportunity. So, you know, I would say that I'm pretty geographically unconstrained right now. And, you know, I don't really have biases toward any particular market. 
other than the fact that we've got, you know, a concentration of employees in Portland, in Boise, and in Austin, Texas. Great. Well, thanks, Allison. Really appreciate you coming on. Where can our listeners uh, follow what you're up to? Hit me up on LinkedIn or Twitter. I would love to hear from any of you. I'd love to continue this conversation. Thanks so much. 